I don't find it hard to imagine that our next guest has had this music used to introduce him many, many times before. <laughs> no. Our own Matt Markovich is on we the phone with us. Strong, uh, but but I, w- I would venture, Matt, that no Washington legislator has ever had this music used to, int- to introduce their work. <laughs> well, maybe in their own mind. Maybe. maybe. You know, they... That that is the goal no, of the Washington State Legislature, right? To make this a wonderful world for the state of, state of Washington. That's right. I mean, everybody wants to have a wonderful world in their own mind and try and project that onto other people. That's what a lawmaker is all about. I see turns on right, jaywalkers too. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we should write this. That's very good. What a Washington world. Uh. <laughs> so, so uh, you have been giving us the the big stuff and the little stuff from Olympia. Um, what's yeah. what's the topic we we shouldn't miss tonight? Well, I want to tell Matt's story, but maybe at a later time. Okay? No, 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 no. Um, but by all means, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I will do it at the end. We'll do it. We'll okay, do it. It's fair a enough. Good one. Fair enough. I've been learning about Matt as we talk about things, but. It's funny you brought up uh, Right Turns on Red. Well, that was actually talked about today. I think I'll just bounce around what was been going on lately. By my, all means. Uh, today they had the first hearing for this banning Right Turns on Red within a 1,000 feet of particular facilities that house a lot of people, like hospitals, schools, um, in an effort to combat the vehicle deaths, which were at an all-time, well, on a high since 1990, 745 last year, which is huge amount of number and a lot and it was i heard during the session that 20 percent of those deaths involve a pedestrian versus a car and so now they have this idea that they want to ban what people think is a fundamental right of driving and that's turning right on red and what the rules would be is to ban right turns on red within a thousand feet of schools uh, recreational centers, hospitals, transit centers. There's a little list there, but then also it gives the local authority, like a city or county, if they deem an intersection is bad, they can ban a right turn on that intersection. So it's wide open. And so today they had the first hearing, and surprisingly, I thought somebody would testify against it. Nobody did. Wow. You know, a lot of people who had been hurt by, you know, bicyclists hurt by a right turn, people who are a blind and they would love to have the right turns on red uh, banished uh, and so it got a it, it had no negative comments in the hearing today so that's in the house and there's another bill in the senate um and so we're going to see how that progresses is there another hearing in the senate will there be opportunities for those opposed to this you know proposed legislation in the senate hearing Yes, but I haven't heard anybody propose to it. I'll be down there. I'll go down. I'll I'll go down. I'll tell them exactly why it's a bad (laughs) idea. I think it's going to actually lead to more deaths, and I'll tell you why. I mean, because people have had the right to take a right on red, and it's always hard to take away something that you've already given to people, right? You can can pass a law saying no right on reds, but people in their minds, drivers especially, will still think they've got the ability to to turn right on red, and they, they... they're not doing it well now when it's legal. Imagine how poorly they'll do it when it's not legal. But 
Pedestrians will think, okay, I'm safe. The law protects me. Drivers will then ignore the change, and you're going to see even more instances of, of car and human interaction. Well, and clearly cla- uh, traffic engineers have planned streets and intersections with a right on red, unless it's already posted you can't do that. And that happens at a lot of intersections where there is photo enforcement. There's a no right turn on red because right. that's one of the things that they always get you on. Um, you know, and part of this bill is that there's, it's an unfunded mandate in a way if it passes because any city over 27,500 people in population would have to pay for all the signage that they would have to post up on all these intersections and retrain the people there. Uh, so it's, uh, we'll see if it really sticks, you know, and how it works in Olympia, they start the session, especially a long session like this is 105 days. And I think this is a day 23, I think 24, um, 105 day session. And they usually start with like 3000 ideas, which get narrowed down to about 1500 actual proposals. And then they throw them to the hearings and then maybe about 500 get hearings all said and done when the governor, when they end the session and the governor actually signs bills into legislation where both sides have agreed we're talking about 200 bills wow so we're still at the stage where you're throwing darts against the wall you're throwing bills and see which ones will stick which will get some compromise and which will be be supported they haven't really effectively voted on any big bills at all yet so we're still early in the stages of what what will stick and what will not and you brought up jaywalking um that hasn't had a that hasn't had a hearing yet and so i kind of draw the line where People throw out these ideas. There's a lot of media hype. You kind of like you want know, to get the the, the 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 populace all riled up, and so you know, they can call their state senator or the representative and say, "Hey, I heard this radio. I heard this on the radio or saw it on TV. They're going to do X, Y, Z. I want you to support that." And they put pressure on lawmakers to have it a hearing. And so that's what the stages we're at right now. I always like to say, you know, once it has a hearing. Then it's actually in play. It's like a card in the card deal, in a game. It's right. it's actually in the, it's on the table, and you either discard it or you, you keep it, and that's where we are right now. So what else? What else has gotten hearings so far? Um, uh, well, gosh, Matt, you know my computer just went to my fake screen here, and I, to, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's so many bills that go through my head. So, there, okay, the bill, I, a bill that I talked about today and I had a hearing today was, and it's kind of a serious topic, is no more child marriages. So, Washington. There's only seven states in the country that have outlawed minor weddings or childhood, child weddings, you can call them, where someone under the 18 can be legally married. Here in Washington State, we don't have a ban on child weddings. And approximately, uh, that we heard that in, from 20, 2010 to 2018, there have been roughly 4,800 weddings involving a minor in this state and so now there's this ban to ban weddings and and, uh, childhood weddings and the impetus is basically kind of simple they want to stop human trafficking and forced marriages there was a woman who testified very good testimony when she her father offered her up to a guy who and she was 15 and he was 28 and said you're going to marry this guy tonight and the way the law is written, they got married. She ended up having two kids with this guy, and she was 15. And basically, he was a child rapist. But once you get married in this state, 
and we don't have a prohibition for going under 18, um, you can have, there's no rapist. There's no, there's no charges. A minor has no, no say so. And wait, she had to wait till she was 18 to try and get a divorce. It took three years and she eventually divorced this guy, but he never got charged with anything, a child kidnapping or child rapist got nothing charged because in the eyes of the current law, it was legal for her to be married to this guy because the father gave permission and that opened the door for that to happen. So this new ban, what they're proposing is this, is that um, you have to be 18 to be legally married in Washington state. The only exception is if a parent's agree you're 17 and your parents agree that you can be married or you have to go before a judge and plead that it's a necessity that you get married and you can be 17 and get married but that's it and they basically want to put that in the into writing now and we would be the eighth we pass it we'd be the eighth state in the country to do that so uh, is this just an old ad antiquated law that just stayed on the books for some reason or i mean it just seems so ridiculous that a child has can be married off in this state well um you know i i'm not going to go back to parental rights and and they have a gigantic say so over what a child can and cannot do and so basically the, the parent can force a child to marry in the state is what i'm hearing from your description right if a father says you're going to marry this guy a minor child has no right to object well that's what in this new law that would happen they can do that uh right now if a parent gives permission uh to the husband who might be many years older than the child it's legal and that's what the loophole they want to close is these forced marriages a situation like that and then have a judge decide and the key word here is necessity that's what the language is in the law the judge would decide if a marriage that's of somebody who's under 18 whether it be the man or the woman or both of them if there needs to be a marriage quote of necessity unquote wow and that would happen so that was discussed today and again these are no one's passed this this was just introduced right. they're, today they're getting hearings they're, right yeah yeah and again in that situation nobody testified against the ban i mean it, it was like oh, if you testified against the ban you're for child you're for child marriage. you're for yeah. child marriage yeah 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 so nobody came forward and testified against that i imagine um, there was there was ample testimony for banning child oh, yeah. marriage Plenty, plenty of that uh, from people who had gone through it, victim advocates, uh, trafficking. Uh, that's a lot of ways that people, they bring in women into this country as right. having a marriage. And then it's basically you're trafficking women in, into prostitution and things. So there's a lot of bad ap aspects of that. So, uh, but again, it if there's two kids who want to get married and whatever, and they want to get their parents' blessing, they have to wait till they're 17 in this state if this, that passes. Well, I'm amazed that the, the one, the uh, example you gave, a child was married at 15, but you couldn't get divorced till you were 18. Right. What? And, and if you're under eight, well, that's just it. And that's what people are saying, that the, once you're under, there's no, these, there's all these legal protections. If you're an adult, 18, you can make your own decisions. You have attorneys and stuff like that. But when you're a minor, you're under technically under the supervision and guidance of your parents. And if your parents said it's okay to get married when you're 15, then 
your recourse is very little. You really have to have some uh, legal advocates to fight for you to get you out of that marriage. And the woman, in the situations I heard today, there wasn't any situation like that. So that's what was discussed today. Yeah. Now, now I think another good one you like, I don't know if we've talked about it before, you've got to call me off on this one, is establishing a universal civic duty to vote. Basically, it's compelling to people to vote. Mandatory voting. So you, we, you, you, you were mentioning this in the newsroom yesterday. What is What are the parameters of this? I mean, they, they literally are going to try to require every citizen in Washington to yep. you know, get a ballot and return a ballot? That is absolutely correct. So you have the, obviously you have the right to vote in this state if you're over 18. And it's a fundamental right. You get a ballot. You, make, you can turn it in. You don't have to turn it in. There's nothing. But uh, Senator Tom, uh, Sam Hunt believes that people need, need to exercise their civic right and their civic duty and vote. So he's authored up legislation that would require you to register to vote and vote every single time you get a ballot. And that means even if you don't want to vote for a candidate, you don't put any markings on the ballot, you don't want to vote for initiative, you still have to turn in the ballot, even if it's blank, to prove that you voted. Now, you can opt out on this mandatory voting by getting a signed waiver and saying, yeah, don't send me a ballot. I'm not going to fill it out. And then that becomes permanent until you tell your local auditor that, yeah, you know what, I had second thoughts, I'll vote this time. Wow. And, but here, but here's the, here's the catch. There's no penalty. There's no penalty at all tied to this if you don't turn in your ballot and don't do this mandatory civic voting. Um, what they want to model, though, themselves, that they're looking toward com- countries like Australia. So in Australia, they have mandatory voting, and if you don't go vote, you get fined. The fines going up go up to, and I'm going to use U.S. dollar equivalent here, $128. But the initial, if you don't vote the first time and you, and you don't turn in your ballot, it's a $14 fine in Australia. So their, their turnout rate is averaging around 90% because they're forcing everybody to vote or you have to pay a penalty. Now, we're not talking about getting a penalty here in Washington State but because uh, there's no penalty here. So people are saying, well, why even do this? Right. I mean, why even do this? I think there's an intent here where it's going to obviously put a lot more stress on the county elections offices and the Secretary of State because they're going to be counting ballots that are blank. That, that, then, it's going, that sounds like a nightmare. That, well, who knows what can of worms that's going to open up right. when someone contests a blank val- ballot. You you get it back and there's nothing there. How do you report that? Well, we got 10,000 blank ballots. Um, and then people are going to say, hey, well, that's kind of funny. Maybe we should look into that. And there's a bill right now that's lowering the standards to challenge voting. Uh, that's another separate bill that they're talking about. Can you come back after the break and explain that to me? Absolutely. It, it seems to me the ability to challenge the, the, the validity of ballots is one of the tools used to, to disenfranchise voters in this country. You know, the, and no one is no one is for voter fraud, despite what you may hear from various media lanes, outlets. But I'd like to talk more about that. If, uh, this is Matt Markovich from the Cairo Newsroom. We're talking about the goings-on in Olympia this legislative session. Uh, we'll be right back right after these.
boy, those, that was one of the most interesting off-air discussions I've ever had. Um, and I won't name any names, but boy, that that Barbie with with a with a health issue. I thought all Barbies came with uh, anorexia. Was that just me? Did I misunderstand? I don't know. Oh, anyway, welcome back to Cairo Nights. Um, we've got Matt Markovich from the Cairo Newsroom on with us, and we're talking about some of the goings-on in Olympia this legislative session, and a lot of texters weighing in on this, on a lot of the topics we've talked about uh, with regard to jaywalking. Just really quickly to cover some of these texters before we get back to Matt Markovich. Uh, what about pedestrians taking responsibility for lack of attention or for violating the signs that the say don't walk, the blinking crosswalk signs? You know, these proposed changes legislation, which would eliminate right on reds and would allow for legal jaywalking, really don't seem to take into account the irresponsibility of pedestrians. And a texture said, well, are pedestrians supposed to be more aware of traffic law changes than than drivers? And that was aimed at my comment about how pedestrians would know they've got the new right to cross and, and drivers wouldn't be aware, wouldn't st- wouldn't wouldn't remember the, the law change because they've already had the right to turn right on red. I just think pedestrians are sometimes a little more a little more militant, a little more self righteous. You know, we didn't talk about the jaywalking law, which is people probably going, What is Matt talking about? No, there's actually a bill that basically allows jaywalking on any road in the state. I'm not making this up. Jaywalking would be legal on any road in the state, and this is part of a traffic safety initiative. And the the, the words are that a jay a person who's crossing the street would quote use reasonable care unquote to determine whether they're crossing the road would cause a collision with either a bicyclist, a delivery vehicle, or a vehicle. So that is the crux of why you can cross a road, but the. Uh, hypocrisy of it, if you want to call it that, is that if you're standing there at a crosswalk in an intersection with the lights and you cross the crosswalk against a red light, that's a violation. You can't do that because that's a controlled intersection. But you can cross, if you go down the road where there's no light and cross the road and use reasonable care, you're okay. You won't get a ticket. Boy, that's that reasonable care. What a gray area. That's a bigger gray area than the entire western half of Washington. Talking about a gray yeah. area. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm not, and I'm, I'm seriously, I'm not making this up. And you're thinking, okay, no, can't right, turn around in red. You can jaywalk now, and but you, you have to abide by the lights if you're in an intersection at a crosswalk. So um, anyway, uh, you know, we we were talking about. There's one more thing. If I want to do another traffic one that just came up, and please, it's another highly we, debated yeah, one. I'll keep you all night, man. Um, so we've been talking about, you know, the ability for or the inability that police are saying to pursue criminals on reasonable suspicion. They have to have more than, a, you know, well, they lesser. Have, they, have to, they have to witness a violent crime. Well, again, uh, uh, the best way to describe this is there's two two things you always have to remember about this police pursuit bill. And it summarizes this is that probable cause, which officers of, of any department have right now to chase somebody, is that they got direct information about a car license plate, a description of the ve- uh, of the vehicle specific, of the driver who might be a criminal, something real specific that's third-party evidence that the officer did not observe. Armed with that, they have probable cause if they see a car with that license plate and pull them over. What the officers have always had was, until last year, was reasonable suspicion. That meant 
that if there was a burglary in the neighborhood and they heard about it, maybe it was a dark-colored sedan, and they're driving through that neighborhood and they see a dark-colored sedan it's driving erratically, it seems to be going pretty fast, a reasonable suspicion for an experienced police officer is, hey, maybe that might be our guy. Let's light him up and pull him over. You can't do that now. That's reasonable suspicion. And if you pull him over, they can say, hey, you can't pull me over. You don't have any probable cause. And the guy can get back in his car and drive away, and the police can't chase him. So that's our current state. So people are arguing that police are being diminished of their ability to chase bad guys. So now there's this new bill, and we all know what a fix-it ticket is, right? Right. Driving down the road, your taillights out, your headlights out, you get pulled over because the officer had a probable cause that your your headlight is out because he could see your headlights out or your taillight is out and say, hey, you got to fix this, can issue a warning. Um, there were some 50,000 warnings issued by the Washington State Patrol last year on things like this. Um, but 8% of all the DUI arrests happen after, according to the Washington State Patrol, happen after a person's pulled over for a non-moving violation, like right. something's wrong with the car. Uh, or the the tabs are expired, something like that. So that equated to basically forty three hundred. I think it was about uh, forty three hundred arrests last year, DUI arrests, because they, it started as a non moving violation traffic stop. Well, now there's a bill to eliminate that. You can't pull anybody over for a non violation, a non moving violation. And the logic behind this is that officers, Washington State Patrol police officers have better things to do, go after the bigger fish, the bigger criminals, than pull over somebody who has a bad taillight. And Washington State Patrol officers saying, hey, this actually leads to arrests of DUI drivers. Wow. Um, so now there's this bill to get rid of that. And, by the way, part of this bill is if you pull over somebody or you have a reason and the person has a bad headlight or taillight out, you don't issue fix-it tickets anymore. You actually give them a prepaid voucher uh, to fix the problem, paid for by the taxpayers of Washington State. You got a headlight out, and and here's a prepaid. It's only for low-income people, but there's no language in the bill to define for the cop who's standing there on the side of the road whether that guy has enough money to pay for his headlight, you know, and fit, get it fixed. He's going to issue them a voucher to get it fixed. Wow. So, yeah. So uh, we we don't have time to get into that rabbit hole of ridiculousness. Uh, you, I, I, I just say though, I always have time for you. I, I know you do. I know, and I had so much appreciate. This is Matt Markovich from the Cairo Newsroom coming on, and I, I love talking to you about stuff. And I know I know we want to talk to you a little bit more about on the personal side too. Uh, but, no, we don't have to do it. Anymore. But uh, but this uh, anytime, brother, anytime. I'll keep you as long as you're willing to hang out with us. Uh, this required voting law that's being proposed that would make voting mandatory in the state of Washington. If I heard what you said correctly, there's going to be uh, every ballot mailed out will have to be returned, whether filled out or not. Um, And they're trying to model a law in Australia where if you don't return your ballot, if you don't vote, uh, there's a monetary penalty of like 14 bucks can go up to 125 bucks. But the proposed law in Washington would have no penalty if you decide to just blow it off and not return your ballot. Correct. And the the goal is to get more people voting. Correct. And we can mm-hmm. all see we can all see the upside in getting more people to vote. It is embarrassing how many people don't bother to vote in this country. It really is. After all that we've been through as a nation to earn the right to vote, 
you know, as a white guy, I didn't have to do anything, you know, regardless of what era I was born in in America. But there have it hasn't been that long that this country didn't allow women to vote, didn't allow people of color to vote. You had to be a, a property owner at one point to vote in this country. And folks just take that right for granted and don't vote. So I, I like the idea of making voting compulsory, right? Is that the right word? Mandatory? Well, compelling. Compel. Okay. It's, yeah, that's the word they're using. Compelling can compel you to vote. Okay. And you know, real quickly, there's another bill that is giving cities and counties the authority to vote if they don't want any pot shops where it was always put in there by the state. So maybe you can push for voting with your blank ballot for a pot shop you don't want in your city or county. Well, that'll get me <laughs> I was out. I'm trying to the- two, 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 two mend <laughs> two bills together. <laughs> that, that'll that get me out voting more often to keep my pot shops open locally. I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm off about free, free enterprise. And they're um, going to legalize, they're talking about legalizing magic mushrooms, too. Yeah, you know, but we, we, let's get you back next week, if, if you don't mind. Uh, I would Anytime. love to have you back on. We'll talk a little bit more about the, the voting. And we can talk about that on our next break without you. I'm a, I don't want to take up your whole evening. I know you do long days down there, bud. Um, I am okay. But we'll talk a little bit more about the life of Matt, which is always interesting. And uh, a little bit more about the, the psilocybin and its use. Uh, and and uh, that's a lot of interesting things going on in the, in the state. So it's Matt Markovich from the Cowboy News. And thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate every time you give us your, your attention and your time. Welcome. All right, it's Cairo Nights. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the right to vote and whether or not that should be a law requiring us to mail in our ballot. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. state legislature i mean is it just me or is the idea of being able to walk off a curb at any time and not get a jaywalking ticket is that just the worst idea you've ever heard Uh, i mean i I think we're too we're too distracted as it is and i think that you know giving giving pedestrians the, the knowledge that hey man you've always got the right to just step into traffic it's illegal, you know, to, you know, to, to hit. I mean, it's not illegal to hit anyway. That's not what I'm trying to say. You know, you don't have to go to you don't have to go to a crosswalk to cross the street anymore. That just that just seems so dangerous. How about both? How about we ticket people for jaywalking? But also, if you're in, say, for example, on my commute to and from work, I walk. There is a spot where the roads are not perfectly aligned. It's like at an angle. Yeah, and yeah. a ton of people cross to go across the way from this side of the street over here where the station is to the other part of the street. Right. All right. So someone, by extension, that does not justify someone barreling through there, not paying attention, and when they hit a jaywalker going, well, it's their fault because they jaywalked. Well, you're also speeding in a residential area, you Clam dip. <laughs> Clam Nice. Well put. That's exactly the word I would have used. Um, yeah, you're right. There's there's plenty of blame to go around in a moment like that. I mean, 
nobody pays attention as as much as they should anymore, whether it's a driver or it's a pedestrian. But I just think, you know, it, it's like I, I was talking to one texter about jaywalkers, right, or about people who walk at cro- across at crosswalks who don't bother. You know, when we know where there's a crosswalk, but not a traffic light. And, you know, when somebody comes up there and stops, the right thing, the law says you're supposed to stop and let these pedestrians cross the road. Right. Problem is, I've seen people looking down at their phones and don't they don't stop at the curb. They just walk straight through the intersection. And sometimes they're they're not at the curb. They're not on the sidewalk yet. They're just walking and you're coming down the street. There's no way for you to see them and have the time to slow down safely before you roll through the crosswalk. And I can tell you numerous times I've, I've been in that situation where I'm not speeding, I'm just driving. But folks weren't waiting to cross safely at a crosswalk because I would have stopped. I always do. But they just straw it in the traffic. And I often say, you know, great, I'll put it on your tombstone. But I had the right of way. You sure did. But in a fight with a car, right of way won't save your life. Common sense will. But not the right of way. But what about the people that are paying attention and waiting and waiting and people don't slow down for the people who are waiting to cross? Well, those people who don't slow down are t- total buttheads. Those guys are a-holes. Those, you should stop. It's the law. I, I hear you. Folks don't always slow down and stop. And that those people just, they should be ticketed. If somebody witnesses that, there should be cameras there. If there's somebody waiting in a crosswalk and you zip through without stopping to let them cross at a legal crosswalk, ticket that SOB. I'm all for that. And I think, man, I think no law is going to be held, uh, you know, going to be accountable unless there's a fine involved. The burned wallet teaches best. You know, how can you uh, the, the vote, the mandatory voting law? OK, which I think, first off, is a ridiculous idea. I think the fact that we don't vote is embarrassing, but making it a requirement by law to vote. OK, even if that does come into play, and even if you fine people, you're not going to get them to vote because it's the law unless you penalize them for not obeying the law. That's the whole thing about fines. When you don't obey the law, you get fined. That's how you enforce laws. So even if you require people to vote, and people do vote, what you're going to get is a bunch of uninformed voters. You can make what people shouldn't do illegal, but you can't make what they should do a law necessarily. Yes, more people should vote, but you can't legislate it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, let's incentivize it. If you vote, you get a break on your taxes, you know? Maybe, maybe that's – how about how about a 1% decrease in your tax rate if you vote? How about that? Motivation. You think, you think that like would it. get people – that's the carrot instead of the stick. You think that would work? Of course, it's – most people wouldn't notice – Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Make it five. Okay. You know, if you bother to vote, we'll drop your tax rate by 5%. You'd have a 100% voter turnout. But, well, the problem is, Spike, then you'd get corporations claiming the 5% discount. Well, corporations are people, my friend. That's my <laughs> That's best Ms. Romney impression. That was I've been working on that for years. Um, I don't know, man. I think, you know, it would only apply to individuals, not corporations. Wouldn't apply to a corporate tax rate. Because corporations can't vote. It's one person, one vote, right? On your personal taxes, you get a 5% break on your tax rate if you, if you voted. If you have a ballot turned, you know, I, I think that'd be fantastic. I, you know, I, I, I just think we, we, not, we don't just need a, a good voting electorate. We don't need better turnout. We need informed voters. You know, I, I, the worst thing is when people just start. I, I'm not a person that votes party line straight down the ticket. 
You know, I'm really not. That'll be a shock to some of our texters. I'm sure it will. <laughs> some people would be shocked to know that I've voted for several Republican presidential candidates in my life. Any you didn't regret voting for? Um, no. No. Um, even the first ballot I ever cast was for Ronald Reagan. No kidding. I swear to you. 1984. Huh. So my, my first presidential vote was for Ronald Reagan. Because at the time, I was rather naive and didn't realize the way he was decimating the middle class. And I hadn't quite learned yet that trickle-down economics was an absolute BS avalanche. At that point, you were still optimistic and hoping that something would trickle down. I th- yeah, yeah. I thought we were the shining city on a hill, you know? I thought it was a new day in America. I thought it was going to trickle down to me. Well, that optimism was infectious. Absolutely. You understand. Absolutely. And... I voted for the first Bush. You know, so, hey, there you go, man. But then I grew a soul. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I couldn't just shut up while I was ahead, could I? Just couldn't shut up. You almost redeemed yourself. Almost redeemed myself, but here comes the love. Here it comes. Oh, look at that. You shouldn't write that in a text. That's mean. Uh, it's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back.